My mom turned my house into a prison, so I became an inmate in my own home. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell for notifications. Let me tell you a tale. One of bratty kids, an overworked mother, and her revenge. Sit back and relax, because my brother can break your back. This is entirely true. She's a chiropractor. She actually learned how to break someone's neck and how to know the signs just in case she ever came close to actually doing it. Which, okay, wow, scary. But she learned it in a university setting on cadavers, so all good? Let's take a look back, way back, to the time of the first stirrings of the Y2K bug where people believed that the world was going to end in a nuclear holocaust. All because computers were going to hit 0-0 when the year 2000 came around. It was almost the summer of 99. I was just a twig of a child, mostly gangly limbs and big eyes, and all of 11 years old or so. Our cast for this tale is A, my eldest step-sibling, N, the catalyst of this tale, me, the Bambi-looking gullible one who should have known better, Lou, my stepbrother around my age, and he should have known better too, K, younger sister by two years, and L, the youngest, the baby of the family. Now, my mother remarried a man we shall call RG when I was about eight years old. Due to the whole soap incident, he delegated all forms of discipline to her when it came to punishing us all in a whole. So, due to her working long 13-hour days to support us all and the lack of allowance for doing chores because, let's face it, six kids tends to run you dry if you try to keep up with it all, we, the children, started slacking off. This did not sit well with my mother, who used her usual threat of, I will go into your rooms, and whatever's on the floor goes in the garbage. This is something we'd heard all our lives, but us younger kids, as in me and all those below me, totally believed she would do it. Until this one fateful day. It was gorgeous outside. The sun was shining, spring had brought new leaves to the trees, and all the neighborhood kids could be heard screaming through the streets. The 90s were a time of uncontrolled childhood chaos, where parents happily released their spores into the wild and drank wine while they didn't have to think about their hellspawn until the streetlights flicked on. Unfortunately for us, my mother decided that this gorgeous weekend day was best used for picking up the slack that we let get away from us. She demanded we clean our rooms while repeating that well-known phrase we all knew and despised. We groaned, we whined, we relented, and started to comply. But then my sister, N, the stone-cold and wisest of the elder sisters, just shrugged and ignored the order. Her and A shared a room, practically having one side of the upper floor, which had a wall knocked down and renovated into almost like a mini-apartment sans kitchen. They had it all to themselves, and at the all-knowing age of 13, N, and 15, A, they both decided they had better things to do that day than listen to our mom. A left to go on a date with her boyfriend she made the year before, and N sat in her room on her computer. A giant PC of a thing linked into a separate line so the dial-up wouldn't fudge up our phone systems. When we, the younger kids, started bugging her, shocked at her audacity, my sister N said these words. It's not like she's actually going to throw our stuff away. She paid for it all. She's not just going to toss it all out because that's a waste of money. This is a home, not a prison. She's not the warden and we don't have to do what she says. 
Then she left us standing there with our puny, impressionable minds totally blown. We didn't have to do what mom said? Is that even possible? My younger sister Kay and my brother Lou took this at face value and immediately took off. They were 11, Lou, and 9, Kay, and had friends waiting on them. They didn't have time to waste cleaning their rooms on an empty threat. L, only 7 years old, was more hesitant, but was as easily distracted as I was and we ended up playing Barbies for the rest of the day, totally forgetting about our worries until dinner time. Silence. Dinner was awkward. Mom was ticked about the house not getting cleaned, and RG was ready to lay his hammer down at my mother's command. The interrogation went as expected, and Kay, our more, mm, expressive sister, who had a bit of a wrath from the Ninja Turtles type personality, blew up at my mother. This is a home, Mom, not a prison, and it's my room. With this, dinner was concluded. Kay stormed off. Mom went quiet and, with the most Stepford wife smile ever, just asked us if we all felt this way. My elder sisters agreed immediately, not really caring because of teenage angst, and we younger kids slowly nodded at their incessant stares. I see. And that was that. No punishments, no scoldings or groundings, and the rest of the weekend went off without a hiccup. We should have known something was up. Mom sent us all off to school Monday herself, which was unusual, because she usually woke up before us and was gone by the time we finished brushing our teeth. We then wouldn't see her until dinner later in the day, but she made us a big breakfast, hinted at a surprise for us when we got home from school, kissed us goodbye, and sent us happily out the door. Now, I'm sure you're all thinking that I should get on with it. What's this all building up to, and how does it fit in? Well, let me tell you. While we were at school, Mom, RG, and some of his friends came in and got rid of everything that would be enjoyable to a child. The basement was emptied and cleaned. All computers, video games, Game Boys, CD players, rodeos, and TVs were taken. Dressers and closets were emptied. Toys upon toys were tossed. Colorful blankets and sheets removed from beds. Decorations, pencils, and coloring tools. Papers and scissors. Glue. Basically, any and all craft supplies, gone. When we returned home, RG was in his military uniform and accosted us as we came through the door, pinned us to the wall, and frisked each of us. Backpacks, candy, and everything we had on us were taken. My mother then handed us some gray pajamas and ordered us to march into the bathroom to change. Terrified, we complied. The living room seemed so bare. The piano-slash-recorder was gone, along with the TV. The puzzles and games usually kept in the room gone from the shelves. The bathroom was no better, bare of anything except head and shoulders and a bar of soap on a string for some reason. It smelled strongly of bleach. We were then sat down on lawn chairs. The couch was occupied by my stone-cold mother, as we waited for every child to arrive in silence. Welcome to the most miserable month of my life. We watched as my mother tossed all our clothes into a garbage bag. All toys and art supplies from our backpacks followed. And RG was in uniform and with his scariest expression. As my mother went through our new itinerary for life from now on. Wake up at dawn, PT in the mornings through the town led by RG. 
oatmeal with no sugar for breakfast, then off to school. Drop-off made to the classrooms by RG and pick up the moment the bell goes at the end of the day. Lunch is roast beef sandwiches, barely any mayo and wilted lettuce. The school had been informed to not give us anything else and to take away anything not given to us by our parents. Once home, we were each assigned a room to clean, our bags taken and checked for contraband. Room clean, PT on the backyard, a deflated soccer ball as a toy, nothing else. Leave the fenced-in area and you get extra punishment. No friends, calls, or escape. Dinner was cold peas, corn, beans, and mystery meat. No butter, salt, or ketchup allowed. You don't take care of your home, you don't deserve a home. Welcome to prison. Homework was done at the table. Use of pencils and paper regulated and inventory counted. Bedtime was at 6. Lights out at 7 and the doors locked until morning. Bathroom must be used before bed or you have to go in the pot put in your room. It's up to you to keep it clean. We had two sets of PJs that we went to school in. All gray and a set for bed. It was up to us to keep them clean. Uniform must be maintained. Hair must be maintained. Our grades must stay high. No excuses, no exceptions. By the time a week was up, she had broken us. N and A had stayed stubborn, but even they broke by the second week. Then the appeals. You want release? Write us an essay on why you think you're ready to return to society. Then an interview to determine leniency. Myself and my younger sister L managed to be allowed outside beyond the yard. It took several days for the others to follow. By the end of the month, we were ready to do anything my mother asked us to do. Then, on the same day as last time, she and RG came into our rooms and dumped garbage bags upon garbage bags. Every book to every Lego was in there, marked with our names. All of our stuff was brought back, and my mother dumped them all out onto the floor and said, When I come back up here, whatever's on the floor goes in the garbage. We cleaned that up fast. We never ignored our chores again. Whoa, this mom is intense. Mind you, she's got six kids apparently. She needs to put her foot down when things start to get out of control. She can't have any talk of mutiny coming up. She's got to put that down hard and fast. This is definitely some extreme measures being taken here. A lot of people would argue with her parenting style. But you know what? She didn't hurt the kids in any way and let them know just how serious she was. You really think home is a prison? She'll show you just how much of a prison she can make it. After all of this, I doubt they're going to be taking her for granted again. You can submit your own stories to be featured here on the channel. The story submission link is in the description below. And if you want to listen to some vibey music in the background, check out Easy Mode, also linked below. And don't forget to subscribe. My old boss holds my tools and final paycheck hostage, so I steal all of his employees. I'm a trade painter that worked for around five years, essentially running a company for an owner who took a very hands-off approach. He was essentially a name and working capital, and not much else. After getting an offer to work for a bigger commercial company and my old boss's realization that he would have to run his own company as there wasn't anyone else in-house that was qualified, 
He resorted to acting like a child to try and make me stay. Made me run around the world to receive my final pay, which I never even got, and refused to return my tools spread throughout various jobs. As luck would have it, another even better offer from an even bigger company ended up in my lap that wanted to subcontract me a very substantial amount of their work, but I'm gonna need more employees for that. Hmm. So I go through and call each and every member of the original company and offer them a $3 an hour raise to work for me, which all of them accepted. After all, they all know me, they've worked for me for years, and it's more money. No brainer. They barely know the owner, and what they do know, they don't like. I then ask them to grab only my tools from their respective jobs when they leave for the weekend on Friday which was the vast majority of all the tools on the jobs. Monday rolls around, and my old boss is getting calls left and right from supervisors asking why nobody's at work and what's going on. He was so hands-off, he didn't even have employees' phone numbers to call and ask them. He's essentially without employees and little to no tools to complete any jobs at this point. Fast forward six months, and his company is now closed. He's lost all his work. His new addition to his house has come to a grinding halt halfway through construction. He's hurting big time. I never got my last check, but I did get a great group of workers and a company of my own. So I guess I'll just call it even. Your employees aren't stupid. When the owner is that hands off, they know things are going to go bad once the key player moves. And if that key player is someone you like and is offering you a new job that pays more a lot of them are going to want to take them up on that offer. If you want to be that hands-off, then fine, but you got to at least support your employees and don't have everything falling on one person. Otherwise, it might end up going something like this. My mom is horrible at keeping secrets and refuses to admit it, so we set a trap for her. My mom had a fairly consistent habit of gossiping and sharing quite personal information. We knew she was doing it, but she would adamantly deny ever having done such a thing. I wish I could remember what she did that finally made me snap. It can't even have been that important. It was just the millionth time, and for once I wanted her to admit what she'd done and know that we knew too. So we set up a sting. My friend Jane and I approached my mom and told her that Jane was pregnant, that she wasn't ready to tell her mom yet and she was really worried what people would think about her having a baby so young. She didn't want anyone to know yet so it had to be top secret. Having set the trap, I figured within a few weeks or so I would have some evidence we could use. But I was so, so wrong. The very next day, my sister, grandma, and neighbor all asked me how my young pregnant friend was doing. When I was asked by a lady who worked at the supermarket that same day, I figured this had gone far enough and went home to confront my mom, only to have my dad ask how Jane was doing. I confronted my mom right there in front of my dad, which is when she started with the usual, Oh, I'd never do that. They must have heard from someone else. Routine. I explained very shortly and clearly that we'd fed her a lie to see how far it would spread. And the reaction was glorious. My mum's mouth fell open and she just had nothing to say at all. 
My dad, on the other hand, fell back on the sofa roaring with laughter, bemoaning the fact that he hadn't thought of this years ago. It was a moment I'll treasure forever, and the point was thoroughly made. Now that my mum was aware what had happened, I was able to satisfy all further inquiries towards my friend's health with the true story, and my mum's audience for any further gossip was somewhat reduced. Sometimes calling them out just isn't good enough. If they're not going to admit it, then you need proof. What I'm impressed of is how fast she managed to spread this news. I mean, I guess in her mind it's a pretty juicy piece of gossip, so she's going to be telling everybody she talks to. At least with this, even if she does go running her mouth about some secret, maybe the people listening will be less inclined to believe her. Maybe you need to run this back a couple times, to the point where she doesn't know what's true and will just keep everything to herself. Karen tried to steal my cookie. One day, I was walking through City Market with my mom, the quiet buzzing of the lights only slightly annoying. All seemed well, and I decided to get one of the sample cookies from the back. Seems perfectly normal, right? So I grabbed my cookie, which happened to be the last non-burnt one, as another family is coming into the back aisle. I'm not a particularly social person, so I started to walk away. This family consisted of a mother and a son, the son being maybe five or six years old by my estimate, wearing a vibrant and disgusting shade of yellow. The mom had a typical Karen haircut and a bland red-colored sweater on over a bright white shirt and brand new looking skinny jeans. That didn't sound like a good time to me. They realized that there aren't any more non-burnt cookies, which in my opinion shouldn't be a problem. Cookies are cookies, especially free ones. The child wails horrifically and notices that my cookie that I haven't yet taken a bite out of was not burnt. Wonderful observation skills, little Timmy. The mom approaches me and asks in a sickly sweet tone, one that you can tell is obviously fake, if I wouldn't mind giving my cookie to her kid. I wasn't sure if the tone was from her having a headache from dealing with her kid or if she wasn't a nice person. But seeing as the kid was young, I chose to be nice and broke my cookie in half. Offering one of the halves to the kid, I wasn't about to miss out on eating my cookie, nor was I about to go grab another one, as I felt it would just be rude to the next people. The kid looked confused at this, which immediately felt off. The mom's face contorted from nice to confused to offended very quickly. As if not offering the entire cookie had somehow forsaken her entire family. And she stared at me like I was going to sacrifice a goat in order to curse them. I naturally was confused. And realizing what was happening a bit too late, backed away and tried walking away. The lady placed her hand on my shoulder, preventing me from walking away. I was maybe 12 at the time, so small boy. She held out her other hand as if expecting me to just hand my cookie over. Let me once again state that I had tried to share, but Karen and her little spawn of Hades don't seem to understand the concept of sharing, evident by the atrocious wailing the child was releasing from the depths of the underworld itself. I hate the sounds of crying children. I managed to pull away from the iron grasp of this lady and speed walked away. The guttural Ree! 
released from both her and her entitled child, gave me the chills. She started marching up to me and tried to take the cookie from me. Before she could, a light bulb flickered on. Before bursting in my head from the excitement to see the next levels of rage and profanities my plan was about to induce. I stuffed the entire cookie in my mouth. Now, these cookies were fairly big. Bigger than the basic sugar cookies they usually give. So, my mouth was stuffed. For a moment, Karen and her child are silent. Stunned by what they've just witnessed. Ten seconds later, the gates of Hades are ripped from their hinges. Karen exploded at me, screeching profanities at me, many of which I surprisingly hadn't heard before. I stood there with the smuggest grin on my little face as I slowly chewed on the cookie, continuing to rub salt in the wound, until the profanities turned into indiscernible noises. Was it wrong of me to do so? Probably. Do I regret doing so? Absolutely not. After maybe three minutes of random sounds ejecting from the dark deep chasm this woman produced, she stopped to take a breath. I had swallowed the cookie by now and was getting tired of listening to the white noise this lady was projecting. So I began to walk away. I'm not done with you, she yelled after me. Obviously, I chose to ignore her at this point, as I was just done with her. As soon as I was out of the aisle, I booked it back to my mom and continued on like nothing had happened. Honestly, I don't know why Karens do this type of stuff. There are plenty of cookies, just grab one. Don't try and take one out of another kid's hands. I know you think your kid is special, but you know what would be really special? You actually teaching them a lesson that they don't get everything they want. Honestly, would probably be a lot better for that kid than another cookie. With the way the kid's behaving, it seems like she uses cookies to solve a lot of problems. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories. Or if you want some vibey music to put on in the background, check out Easy Mode. If you like Am I the Jerk, give Am I the Genius a shot. Everything linked in the description.